Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode on the Property Voice podcast. Uh, It's another week in the Property Core Skills uh, series. We're talking about managing and understanding people this week, and it's part two, I suppose, because last week it was just me with Content Week, just talking about some of my own thoughts on the topic. And this week I'm delighted to have a panel with me and with some real experience around the table, so to speak, who can talk about managing and understanding people from their you know, professional and, uh, and and working careers, if you like. So um, I'm going to welcome Kelly, Cara, Sue, and Nana. And I just probably want to start by going round the table, perhaps in that sequence. I'm not very good at getting the sequence. So we'll do you know, Kelly, Cara, Sue, and Nana. And if you can just give us a, a one-minute overview of who you are, just so the listeners have got a picture in their mind's eye um, as to where you're coming from when we get into the conversation proper. So Kelly, welcome. Over to you. Thank you, Richard. Um, I'm Kelly Statham. Um, My previous experience is a police officer for 12 years with Nottinghamshire Police. I left the police force six years ago, um, 2013, and started building a property business, um, which we currently run and manage uh, properties. We're an estate agent called Ask Property in Mansfield, but we um, do all estate agency aspects of work in Nottinghamshire, uh, have been since 2013, and we predominantly manage the most challenging of them all, which is HMOs. So um, I've got a husband, Kevin, um, it's family-run business, and we've, between us we've got four children. Um, so very busy, very hectic, and obviously deal with lots and lots of people in the process. Thanks, Kelly. And um, listeners will be familiar with you because of uh, previous participation. So I, d- I won't mention the double award-winning stuff again because <laughs> you know that, that would just be overkill, wouldn't it? So yeah. we, we won't we won't do that. But um, maybe you could talk about managing children as well. Mm. <laughs> you know, because I think there's probably a few clues. <laughs> we if anyone's got any types, they can give them to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure before you've probably got a lot of experience there. So thanks, Kelly. And welcome. Thank you. So Cara, next up, it's you. Oh, thanks, Richard. So, um, hello, everyone. My name is Cara Cuniff, and I am founder of a company called Thrive in Midlife. But my history in property uh, comes way before that. So 20 years ago, when I actually married into the military, uh, my husband is a serving officer. And that was really when I realised I needed to start my journey in property. Um, So I am actually a veteran reservist army officer myself, uh, endurance athlete and a coach. And I really believe in the, I guess, the ethos that it's never too late to thrive. And that is something I stand behind in my business, that it's never too late to thrive. And that's what I, I believe people have that opportunity to thrive. So it's great to be here, Richard. Thank you. Thanks, Cara, and uh, thanks also. We had a little preamble before the uh, we started recording proper, and uh, the naughty Sue there asked me to introduce everybody. So um, I missed a few things in the introduction that you just shared as well. <laughs> so thanks for reminding us there as well there. And um, yeah, brilliant. Excellent. I'm looking forward to the Thrive conversation. Mm. 
Thanks, Karen. Come on then, Sue. I couldn't. I, I, do you mind me calling you the naughty Sue there? No, no, I don't mind at all. Um, so very quickly, in a nutshell, twenty years working um, at the uh, leadership level in British universities, um, uh, helping with um, um, academics get their inventions to market, which was a fascinating world. Ten years experience in property investment. Uh, five years as a coach, and my specialisms are uh, money mindset and values. Um, I'm also an NLP master practitioner, but it kind of that's not my my main focus. Uh, a massive pivot. We've talked about pivots in the last year. We've both given up our jobs, and I'm now running my village cafe. So I know all about coffee beans, cakes, brownies, um, pasties. You know, where it's a very different world to me. Um, and I would just say I'm just literally completely fascinated by people like all people everywhere don't care who they are where they come from what they've done I'm, I'm just fascinated by people and my life's mission is to to maybe change a little bit change the lives of some of the people I come into contact with however that might be oh uh, and I'm sure with the cafe there's not just pasties you're dealing with there's oh, no. obviously there's no, obviously no. people isn't there so oh, in the, on people. all the yes. various needs but um just on the topic of changing people's lives I can vouch for that because you 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 support me very much so in the apprentice program and I've had a lot of positive feedback from a, a number of people who've been for that program who would vouch for the impact that you've had on them so yeah I'd say that was true Sue <laughs> thank you and Nana Welcome back. If anyone, you know, I actually, Nana's got a fan club, by the way. Um, I, I received uh, a message recently from people, from someone saying, really enjoying your current series. And that Nana asked some really good questions. Can we, can we have more of him, please? So Nana, there's your cue. Tell us about yourself. Thank you, all the fans. <laughs> um, no, my name is Nana. Um, I'm a father of two. Me and my fiance uh, lives in Sweden, and uh, we stumble up on this UK property journey 2019. And yeah, we're new to business, both of me and my fiance, and trying to learn every day from inspiring people like this panel. So uh, I'm here to learn, and yeah, and we have also scaled some something in our business. So. I hope I can give some value as well. I'm sure you will. And welcome, Nana. It's great to have you here again. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So there's the, there's the context. So people know where people are. Our audience knows, the listener knows uh, where people are coming from, perhaps with uh, some of the responses. But it's interesting, isn't it, that a lot of us have got multi facets to our life and our career and, you know, everything. So we don't come at this from a single point of view or a single point of reference. Uh, and I, I think that's actually quite rich in itself. But um, uh, when, when the previous uh, recording came out, so my version of this was to talk about understanding ourselves uh, and perhaps understanding others, and then to talk about managing people, and then to talk about dealing with difficult situations. So what we've, discussed, what we've discussed is that we'd probably follow that little format as far as it takes us, and obviously with an eye on time, we'd, I'm sure we could talk forever about many of those topics in their own right. But uh, maybe let's just start with um, under understanding ourselves and understanding others. Um, who'd like to kick us off in that sense? What, what do we need to know in, in terms of understanding ourselves and others? No, you don't. You've put your hand up, my friend. You know, you can just talk. I feel like it's saying, cool. please, sir, can I speak? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think it's very important that you know your strengths and weaknesses. 
So when you when you engage with people that you might want to work with, uh, even if it's business partners or if it's uh, employees, you need to know uh, what are you good at and what are you bad at and try to minimize the bad or delegate it to someone who can maybe take care of that. I think there's a really interesting point about the understanding piece at the beginning. You know, I get that the strengths and the weaknesses, and I would add to that. You know, I know as, as Sue's mentioned, you know, specialities in in um, values. Um, you know, it's it's uh, for me, it's very much uh, um, about sometimes rediscovering yourself. Actually, do you know who you are at the beginning? Because we get so caught up in life and the busyness of life, and I think COVID has actually allowed a little bit of a slowing down where maybe we've been able to question who are we? You know, who am I as a person? What's important to me? What do I value? You know, where are my strengths? Which areas do I need to develop? So, you know, I think it's great to question that whatever stage of your life you're at. Hi, can I, can I just say something there, Richard, as well, if that's all right, yeah? Of course, yeah, join in. Um, I, I can just echo that completely. I've been in London today for the first time in a year and talked to people, and um, that rediscovery, slow down questioning. Um, what I'm learning is people are realising what they need maybe physically closer than they thought it was. It might They might need less money to live on than they thought they did. The relationships around them may be more important than they were, and purpose seems to matter a little bit more about where we are. That's how people are talking to me. Um, so my summary is perspectives have changed. They really have changed. Um, it's the kind of, and there's a bit of a blurring now, which I noticed in London today between when I'm in work uniform and when I'm not. It's like there's a list, there's not much, you know, most people are used to this kind of the vicar with his collar on, but actually he's wearing his pajamas. It's it's a different world and it's okay to tell people a bit more about yourself and get a bit more trust in who you really are rather than who you pretend that you are. Um, and going back to what you just said, and I'll shut up a minute, Cara, because always what goes through my head is there's the Spice Girls, like, you know, what do you really, really want? Not what do you tell people you want, but what do you really want? And, you know, I had a brief chat with Kelly earlier. I'm getting out of property because I don't really want to do it anymore. I want the results of it, not the actual process anymore. And COVID has given us the chance to say, I'm just going to be honest about this. What do I really want? Um, so that rediscovery... Um, and and I think conflict goes away when you suddenly understand what it is you actually want. Mm. Being honest, being honest with yourself. And sometimes it's very hard to look in the mirror. Absolutely. And, and face those those questions, which are easy just to sort of stuff back in the box again and say, no, I won't deal with that today. Yeah. But actually opening the box, we've had the chance to open this box and, and, and just see on that what's note, in there. There's a little thing there because going from being a university director to a property owner to a psychologist and coach to being a cafe owner, it's like, is that all right? But COVID's made it all right because you you fit your values into what you're doing and you, you might not have ever done that before. So, And that's the most amazing journey you've had in terms yes, not, of all the different people that you've been in touch with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and back to the start, like you suddenly discover what it is that makes you alive every day. And sometimes you can get it through the simplest things. So. Mm. I wanted to get make sure Kelly's in, included in the in the conversation as well. And it sounds like you had a little sidebar conversation, the two of you, before we all joined. So, Kelly, what's your take on, on understanding uh, ourselves, maybe on others? Where do you come from? Uh, so for me, 
I personally think that you have to reevaluate life. It's almost like a part-time job. You need to see where you're going, what you're doing, and reassess that on a regular basis, like you would managing money. That's a that's kind of like another part-time job. So because direction in life changes all the time and people that you come across, people that you meet. So yeah, just keep just checking really in on what, what it is that you want. And for me, um, other people's opinions don't matter because it's me that's living my life. And there was a, an, a really interesting art piece that I saw and it was just little dots. And every single day you uh, was it every day or every week you just cross out a dot and it's quite scary just how there's not much left if that makes sense so that was it's just a visual really so yeah well it's interesting because a couple of you already said things along the lines of what do other people think and is that right is that okay you know and and you know i think and you know what people people as people present themselves versus who they really are and so, there's, you know, this points to other pressures, doesn't it? You know, outside pressures on who we should be, how we should be, what we should be. Um, but I guess a lot of people, how many, you know, it's interesting to pick up on your last point, Kelly, about it's a part-time job almost to kind of reflect and reevaluate, you know, who you are and what you want out of life. But I wonder how many people actually do that. You know, what do you think? Do you think, you know, thinks the majority of people will actually sit back and go what do I really want out of life you might do it you know when you're young and you're perhaps going through those you know just post-academic type of years or pre-academic or oh, what do I want to be I want to be a this okay I'll go in that direction from an education point of view and then I'm a this but then then you're just this forever <laughs> you know um tell, I talk think about that. Uh, Richard I think it um one of the ways I look at it is very much from what can I control in my life and I think it's very easy to put blame on other situations, other people that are influencing your situation when you're not happy. But actually, what is the one thing we can do? We can change. We can change our thoughts. We can change our beliefs. You know, in a heartbeat, we can change our beliefs. Um, and therefore, we are taking back control and ownership and choicefulness of our life rather than you know sitting and looking at the world as maybe the enemy you know this is difficult that's difficult you know so it's very much about i think inwardly looking at, at you know what can i control what can i influence um and i use a a i suppose a little technique very simple technique but really if you just take your hand and you just look at you know what's in what's on your hand is within your control and what's outside your hand is outside of your control. So if you're looking at a situation, you know, is this within me? Is this is this something that's within the gift of my hand? Can I change it? Or if it's not, is it on the outside of that? Well, can I influence it? No. Well, then I've just got to deal with it. You know, change my beliefs, change my thoughts, change my actions. I think at the moment, um, well, more so since social media days and uh, COVID, I think the world can be a very negative place and very false and fake. So the motto I've always stood by is believe half of what you see and even less of what you hear. So people um, that are on the, you know, gone on these courses and they've been promised to be millionaires and they're posting pictures of being in boats and it's just all 
they're probably it might not actually be real um it might be a little old photo from it it could be photo anything it's the perception that they're giving off in their life so it's not getting drawn into somebody else's life because that can very easily consume you and it's just being drawn into your own life and living your life and not wishing to live somebody else's it's for for me it's just about remaining positive when everything else is negative everybody can fight about covid is it real who's had jabs what we should do what we shouldn't do but the truth is nobody actually really knows the answers to anything you only know for yourself what's best and so what is the point in getting involved in other people's business because it's none of your business yeah that's right and i don't know sue this was running through your mind when kelly was just talking but i remember we had a conversation recently didn't we when we talked about the difference between being rich and wealthy yeah. um you yeah. know and and so mm-hmm. i don't know if, if that was going through your mind but maybe to cue you back in yeah i, I mean absolutely and i really like that word it's a, it's a big thing in my life choicefulness is that the word you use choicefulness and the world is not your enemy like you know, I, I have in my coaching the two circles. Here's what you can control here. We can't now put them together. There's a little bit in the middle, a little bit in the middle, the way you can make a difference. So, no, absolutely, yes. Uh, and wealth, as you said, Richard, in every aspect of your life, not about money. Money is just about choice again and choicefulness. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So um, I think the thing is, uh, a lot, obviously, a lot of you, uh, so, you know, are either practising you know, coaching in this area and have got, you know, specific expertise, psychology backgrounds or, you know, formal uh, accreditations and, and, you know, and or, you know, you're talking about your own f- philosophy and, and values, which speaks of being one to take control of your life and your own destiny and to review things on a regular basis, which all makes sense to me. But let's say there's someone listening to this right now who's probably thinking, well, how do I actually do that? <laughs> how do I understand myself? You know, I mean, they may not actually say, how do I understand myself? Because perhaps they need to go and talk to someone if they ask that specific question. But you know what I mean? It's like, how do, what do I do? What are the steps I might take? Are there some tools or techniques or processes or whatever that might help me in that regard? How would you answer that? Me personally, sorry, Cara. Um, I don't have any training, so I'll do it from the non-training point of view. For me, um, I think when stress, anxiety creeps in or just just any time, even happiness, there is a little thing called the wheel of life, which breaks down every single aspect. Um, I got taught that in school, so from a very, very young age, um, as to where you are in life. And you can easily Google that and find a wheel of life. And it breaks everything down to money, career, relationships, friendships, just everything. You could even add things in there. And it goes from naught to 10, 10 being the happiest. And those that are the lowest are the areas to concentrate on. So that wheel of life changes all the time. And this is what I say. It's it's about reevaluating and reassessing as to where you are. And it's giving up, it's to get that balance of life that's for me as well as reading really positive books um and actually just saying nice things to people and being positive towards people because what you get what you give out is ultimately what you what you get back um and yeah lots of youtube positive things and and just 
being okay with the moment, whether it's a sad moment or whether it's a happy moment. We are humans and it's emotions. So, yeah, just being okay with it in general. But, Cara? Yeah, no, I mean, I would agree with that totally. And within my business, we call it the Thrive Wheel. So, um, you know, very similar idea. Um, And, you know, it is about balance. And I think it's really interesting. You've you've reiterated this a few times. It's brilliant that you know about the reevaluation that that needs to continue because actually your wheel before COVID may be very different to your wheel after COVID, mm-hmm. and you know the importance on maybe family and friendships has you know increased as you know compared to before COVID. So you know I think that is a really great starting point. Um, Something I use with my clients is um, it's actually following the Japanese idea of the ikigai. So this is, which essentially is, is, you know, what is your reason for getting out of bed every day? Um, And it's very much about the art of staying younger whilst getting older. So everything about it is is sort of following that that, that sort of ideal. Um, And it, it looks at, you know, what you're good at what you can be paid for and you know what you know where you can contribute in the world so it's sort of ticking all the boxes which ultimately um you know it's a process of working on yourself when you're going through the analysis or working out what your ikigai is it is a process of spending time on yourself so if that's something you do in the mornings you know it's about it's about building in a habit where you're looking at yourself every day and maybe you're journaling journaling in the morning your thoughts maybe you're writing down some affirmations but it's about for me it's very much about looking into yourself and spending time with yourself and reconnecting with who you are as a person um, through a series of questions and and sometimes you have to dig deep to find the answers if you really want to find the answers they're there but you may have to dig deep to do that indeed so Richard all I'm going to add to that is this I call it being a detective on yourself like this is your new part-time job you're now a detective working out who you are and I believe, back to values, it all comes down back to values. How do you know your values? You need to really look at your life and see what you spend your money on, what you do. If I showed you around my room now, you'd see all my values absolutely on surface level here. Um, I might not know them there, but you need somebody else to help you view that, see the mirror for yourself and look at at other people. Because we all think our way is the way, and it's not always. (laughs) Absolutely. what, What I do is I actually think like is this person or the time that I'm spending giving me value or or taking me to where I want to be if you ask that question all the time like regularly then I think you will like do stuff that you want to do and not waste time and it's a, a really easy question to just ask yourself is this something that I want to do or I'm just doing it because of someone wants me to do it or? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know, you've raised a good point. That if it's a would, a should, a could, a have to, then it's not right. But yeah. you just said something, Nana, which is, is it something I really, really want to do? And not everybody does know that. No. They know what the world thinks that they want them to do or what their parents want them to do or what their employees or their work. It's like, do they really know what they want to do? But yeah, you but, kind of do. Yeah. Let's just pick on that a little bit further because I sort of 
Um, I, I remember, Nana, you've gone through this process uh, of some sort of evaluation, you and Emily. So, um, Nana, I'm really curious because you and Emily went through a process recently, didn't you? I think of some kind of evaluation and you kind of made some discovery. Um, just yeah. tell us a little bit about that process and, and, and what it meant to you and what you discovered, really, without you know revealing too much information. <laughs> so basically what we learned was uh, how me and Emily complicated, uh, complicate each other and what what we don't like and what we do like so it's it was very like eye-opening moment to really like okay that's why she does this and that's why I do this so I don't know how much you want me to go into detail <laughs> uh, well not so much but I, what what did you what was do you know do you remember what the uh, process was called but it was a wealth dynamics. Um, yes, that's it was called wealth dynamics, and basically, wealth dynamics just happens to be one of several psychometric evaluation tools, yeah. and so that's where I was fishing for. Yeah. You know, so there are actually, so, you know, you talked about the wheel of life, Kelly. You know, there are some things that we can do um, to help us. You know, uh, I know Sue does a values exercise. Oh, you're back off mute now, Sue. So maybe Thank you, you can join in. Yeah. Apologies. That was somebody walking into my house. And you, when you live in a village, this happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so me and Nana, okay, we went through quite a long process, didn't we, of looking at your basically, Cara will understand it's back to Jungian personality theory. It's the usual stuff, but it's all the same. But they had quite a few moments of like, oh, that's why he asks me that. And she's like, now he understands why I have to clean the house before we do anything, before we have it. So it was very, a very good time, wasn't it? It was funny. Mm. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was a useful exercise and useful for the two of you as a couple to go yeah. through as well, I think. But um, I guess to maybe, you know, so there's a few tools that came out of that, you know, part of the conversation, but that's understanding ourselves. Now, what we can't do, we can't go with a questionnaire you know, to someone, you know, at the bus stop and go, you know, would you mind just filling this in so that when we get on the bus, I kind of know what kind of personality I'm dealing with here when we get into conversation. You can't do that, right? So how do we, you know, how do we try and evaluate and understand other people so we know where they're coming from and maybe we can kind of work together, understand each other better? What about that? I think you, you, you'll need to ask, like, open-end questions and then you will, they will hopefully start talking and then you will know where they're coming from what culture because we i think we should also we shouldn't forget about culture uh like the we me and emily we have two virtual assistants from the philippines and it's very different from the european culture so what you say uh it, it it matters, you know. You need to be very polite and etc. You cannot just and and this is the same with when we are in the UK because you always used to saying please to everything, but here in Sweden we don't say please to everything, so it it can sometimes come out to be rude if you don't see it if you don't say it when you're in the UK. So I think that that's also. Uh, quite important so open-end questions i think i think it's um i think one thing i just sort of wanted to add on to the end of the last piece about understanding yourself and sort of following on to this is is about the fact that we all have a model of the world we all see the world a certain way so i might see the world 
one way. And Richard, you might see exactly the same world, a completely different way. So I think um, actually when you're developing these relationships and wanting to understand and you know, work with other people, um, it's very much about having a respect that we all see the world differently because of our experiences, because of our, you know, beliefs, potentially a belief that was in, you know, was it in, brought into our life when we were six years old? I mean, it could be as, you know, as far back as that, but we all see the world very differently. And one of the um, most telling ways is through the language that we use. So um, I have a profiling um, process. It's the IWAM's uh, motivational um, preferences and it's very much about whether you are um, you could be analyzed as a towards person or an away from person so are you motivated towards reward or are you motivated away from pain and actually you can see that in people by the language that they choose so you know it very very um, it's very important to listen to the words that are, are being spoken to you. You know, we all talk about listening, listening, listening is so important, but it's also about really listening to the detail of conversation that people are saying to you, um, because you'll get a lot of clues from, from those conversations. Mm. Totally agree. I was going to bring Kelly back. I don't know if you're going to come back with that, but I reckon mm. if you, you were a former police officer, um, mm. and obviously now you're dealing with tenants on a day by day basis. So, um, you talk to a lot of people, right? And, you know, from different perspectives there. So when you're having those sort of conversations, how do you kind of go about it from that context? Um, for me, 90% is not what the person says, but how they act and what they're saying. What, what. Um, so it's really hard to explain you know when you just do it and you don't have the training in psychology and things like that so um, yeah most definitely how the person's acting towards you so you know if you've asked a question and it's a little bit off limits because they're going to back away you know if they're comfortable because they're close to you or um, they're smiling they're happy um, you will know when you hit pain points because this just certain triggers in the body language they might look away though um so for me that's a great tell tell sign as to a whether the lie not quite telling you the truth or being deceitful or um or if if they are being open and honest um you know open and honest they're gonna or excited they're gonna start using lots of hand expressions and smiles um uh, that's enthusiasm as well. So, yeah, it, it's for me, it's about body language. Well, you've, you've hit an interesting topic there, haven't you? Of course, it's not just the words we speak, but communication, we communicate, you know, in so, you know, that's what, 10% is it? I don't know what the yeah. science tells us, but such a limited part of what we, um, how we communicate. Um, and maybe to flip that on its head a little bit and to move us into the next part to some extent, um, we, we sort of understanding others, but managing others. So in order to manage others, we, we, we have to maybe influence them to do something that we would want them to do. So I'll, start, I'll keep with you, Kelly, for now, because, um, um, you know, just to, why, we, why we've got you on mic, actually. Um, but in terms of, you know, managing or, you know, getting people to do maybe 
I don't, I don't want to say it in a manipulative way, you know, about what we want them to do. But we, we know, we have an interest. We need something doing. So how would you, have you got any sort of uh, insights or tips or the way Kelly goes about things in that, in that area? Um, again, I think managing other people, it's about managing yourself. So in a conflicting situation, you can't manage their angers or... Um, uh, I don't know, this is from a police perspective and a, a letting agent, we, we had one guy come in and he was just so angry because we wouldn't, he didn't pass relevant checks and he was just raging and I thought at one point he's just going to end up hitting somebody. He was up here. If I went to his level, that would have clashed. So it wasn't about managing him. It didn't matter what I said because his aggression, his anger, it he wasn't listening to anything. So it was about managing myself and managing to remain calm and stay down here and the positive recreation and kind of like bringing him back down to my level so we could then have that conversation. So that's in more of a conflicting way. Um, more of a positive way is just having a conversation and seeing if it's something that could benefit you. If you want somebody to do something, how can you assist them to get what you want? It's not all about manipulation again for this side. It's what's best for both parties. I don't know if that covers your question, but. Yeah, but um, let's keep talking. What, what yeah. other people have to say about that? I mean, um, yeah, you know, Maybe maybe there's some NLP people on this call, so they'd be probably be going out. Richard, you used that phrase about how do you get people to do what you want, and blah, blah. but anyway, so how do we motivate people? How do we, you know, uh, manage people? Whether that's someone who directly reports to us, um, or someone we engage, let's say, who's outside, or even just you know, people that we're associated with in some way. How do we motivate? So slightly flawed view of NLP there, by the way, but never mind. Sorry, yes, you can pick me up on it. That's okay. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Um, yes. Um, oh, anyway, just um, so I, I very for somebody who's never done anything like this before, I would say what we talked to Nana about is um, first of all seek to understand that person. So are they extrovert or introvert? Are they big picture or detail? Do they talk away from or towards stuff? And just think about how you then communicate with that person so that you're getting the best out of them for the the win-win we're all looking for and to me it I don't always practice it at home but it works if you do with children <laughs> what are they trying to do what how do they see the world how do I talk to them in a language that they know understand what they need to do so that I get basically what we both need out of this and that's where that's where we we, we I always start and, and sorry, I was just going to say something about conflict there. I have learnt to believe that where you have a conflict of values, it's often something about yourself that you don't admit to. Yeah. Often there's a bit about you that you're not willing to, to, to expose or talk about because, you, you you know, like we talked about tribes a while ago, Richard, there are some tribes in the world that don't know the colour green, so the colour green doesn't exist. You have to know it about it to understand it. Yeah. So one of your values is being tricked if you're upset and in conflict with somebody. And then, like Kelly said, it's about you and, and yourself. So sometimes it's like looking in the mirror. Yeah. Even if mm. you don't want to see that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. It's that thing, uh, you know, it's what is it saying about yourself 
more than what is it saying about the other person. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, seek, so, first, seek first to understand, I think Stephen Covey says. So um, that's the principle, isn't it, that you were um, getting out there. So try and, try and put yourself in the other person's shoes first. Um, yeah, yeah I, I always try to to see what drives the, the, the people. Is it like bonus or is it like for a good cause? And try to utilize that way if it's something that I want to get out of them. Yeah. So you try and find out what dri what drives them. Yeah. Um, and appeal to that. So yeah. should I tell you it's an Aston Martin no no or, or is that not really <laughs> oh okay, fair enough. <laughs> It isn't actually funny enough. It's, uh, no. It used to be. It used to be. That's interesting in itself. The fact that I did, ha I did want an Aston Martin. Or what an Aston Martin represents and what that gives you. It might not be the car, Richard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, it's interesting. Just to come back on one thing there, because um, you know I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Because I, I kind of you, you Sue, you were very gentle in picking me up on the whole prejudice or, or a different view on NLP. But actually, you know, that probably was a clue to me not actually fully understanding what it was. And so um, I think we all have those prejudices and those biases, you know, those preset, you know, ideas, um, mistakenly or otherwise. Um, uh, and, and that can cause issues, can't it, sometimes? Because we don't, we're not always aware of what, you know, other people's beliefs are and uh, what their history is and their experience of something is. And so which is, especially if you're meeting people, you know, for the, the first time, we haven't met them very much. It can make, you know, having a, an encounter or a conversation or managing them to pick up on what we're talking about with this uh, theme. Slightly tricky at times, can't it? I think it, it comes for me back to that point of just accepting that we all have different models of the world. So for whatever reason, for you, Richard, that has been your experience or your, your learning or your or not complete information, if that's a reaction that we've given, because we will see it from a, a, a different perspective. So, you know, it's very much about seeing this from other people's perspectives. And, and I think something that's really useful, I think if you're in times of conflict um, and you want to resolve it, I think that's the first thing. Actually, do you want to resolve this conflict? You know, what will this get for you if you resolve this conflict? And if it is something you really do want to resolve, I think it's, it's very much about looking at it from your shoes, then actually stepping into their shoes and, and really thinking through what is their experience of this? You know, if I was looking at it from their view of the world, what's happening for them? And then actually looking at it from the fly on the wall perspective. So, you know, let's look at these two people interacting with this conflict that's maybe like a little cloud over the top of them. You know, and what's actually happening? Because when you remove yourself from the situation and you look at it from lots of different perspectives, you can gain insight that maybe you hadn't seen before. And it might just allow you a different perspective, a different way of approaching a solution. It's funny because um, you're right. And I think, um, you know, everyone's going through, well, not everyone necessarily actually, but uh, a lot of people are going through um, change, whether it's forced upon them or it's something they've chosen to do. Um, and, you know, people perhaps are reevaluating and are reflecting. And, you know, I myself am going through a process and, you know, of discovery. Some of that is deliberate. I, every year, right? I do the Wheel of Life, by the way, Kelly. Um, I have, I, have, I reinvented it. 
I've reinvented the wheel. I've got a, a, it's a much bigger version than the original whatever eight uh, pieces of the pie uh, wheel that is the piece of pie wheel, whatever. Um, you know that I I kind of work on. But anyway, the point I'm making is that you know I I was discovering things about myself recently. I just didn't even know. You know, um, that I did, had no insights of. I was just unconscious of. And, um, you know, that, that became apparent to me. And it's, like, really revealing to have that. But um, equally, I think what you're talking about in terms of putting yourself in the other shoes, you know, well, do you want to make a change or not? Do you want to resolve a conflict? That's a really good question to ask. Now, I've got a situation at the moment where, you know, someone is, you know, working on a project and it's not, they're not necessarily doing it, you know, as, as they should be. And they're becoming hostile. And I'm thinking, but it, you're not, you're the one not doing what you should be doing, but you're becoming hostile, you know, so that's really strange. And the words were echoed back to me earlier when I was talking about this was, uh, well, when you trap a rat in the corner, it'll go for your throat. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. But, you know, so let's just dive into the point because we've touched on it a little bit of like difficult situations, conflict being one of them. But, you know, so I, I kind of want to take it there, perhaps, you know, towards the end of the conversation. So what do people, you know, how do people go about dealing with difficult conversations? How do people deal with tricky situations and, and tricky people for that matter? So I, I usually use like, yeah, uh, put it like on me that like I'm stupid and not understanding you. So please help me to understand the situation. So then I think it's much easier. The environment will be much easier when you're taking those difficult conversations because then you're like, see, the person will see you as, okay, he doesn't understand. I need to make him understand. Hopefully I explain it well. <laughs> and I think using the word help is actually, it's, it, yes. we often, you know, if somebody asks us for help, then actually it's something that is a re it's something we can give it's it's being generous and kind with our time so you know when if someone comes to you and asks for help actually we are more likely to give it so if it's you know help me understand this if it's a situation that you're not understanding you know why is this not working what's happening here but um, actually my 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 take on this is actually sort of honesty just being honest and having the conversations before they get to the point where they are you know diff really difficult uh, because then it, it it becomes personal and it's it's actually wanting to keep the personal element out of this it's about behaviors often it's about a behavior and again, you know, um, behaviors, you know, they're all very personal to us. And we will all have our own reason why we act in a certain way. Now, whether that is, whether you agree with that, Kelly, or, you know, uh, Nana, whether you agree with, you know, that behavior that I might do, you know, it, it's my behavior. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about, again, respecting the other person's view of the world and, and jumping in before it gets to the point of you know really becoming difficult i think we've all had that time where we've had to have a difficult conversation with somebody and you know what difficult conversation you're going to have with somebody and you are running that through your head probably longer than you should have done and that's your fear setting in and for me that's just like false evidence appear, appearing real so with my background i have just learned to 
rip that plaster off, treat the situation with the sympathy, the respect, whatever it needs to be, but most definitely honesty, like you've said, Cara, um, and just let the situation pay, play out. If they're angry, that's an emotion because some, if it's a difficult conversation because maybe they're not liking what they're hearing, um, so, for instance, there is no easy way to tell somebody that their partner has just been um, just gone underneath the bus or, you know, just died in a there is no easy way to say that. But it's what you do after the conversation and making sure that you are there. What, what and don't leave it in a a raw, a raw situation. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. It so does. for me, it just rip the plaster off and don't mull it over in your head and just keep it honest, realistic, human and simple. Mm. I like that. I'd, I'd add a couple of things to that. Is as, as I get older in life, and I'm the oldest here, um, there are situations where I wouldn't even bother. I, if, I don't, if that doesn't person hasn't been in my life, they don't need to be in my life and I would move. I would do my best and not not have the stress of dealing with them. Um, and the other thing you just said to me really made me think about Generally, I've never been in those situations. I can imagine them, but my life's not that important. Does that make sense? It's about property and people and coffee shops. But even the people that come in the coffee shop, how they feel is what matters. Not anything that's said or done or how expensive the coffee is, is how did they feel when they came in and how did they feel when they left? And I think that's in, in conflict at work all my life. I've always tried to think, how does this other person feel about this? Mm. Um, and it, I might not agree with them. Um, and I've even done what you said, Cara, I've gone into work out of time and sat in that person's chair and watched from their perspective physically to see what it feels like sitting there, to see if I can gain any kind of perspective. Um, and, and many times I've just simply helped that person out of that job rather than try and force them to keep, keep in that relationship and keep in it. So. Mm. There was a situation I recently found myself in. I, I took, I've recently acquired a business and it's uh, fundamentally it's a letting agency you know it's got little twists but it's a letting agency and um, unfortunately with one or two uh, th problems let's say lurking mm. and in particular it was a tenant who had complained now he had a hole in his ceiling uh, caused by a leak and it'd been there for the hole had been there for a couple of months and, um, and basically he was a little dissatisfied and you know finally came to my desk and so I gave him a call and I just I just I just listen I, I've just taken over this business. I know that, you know, you've had this unfortunate incident. I, I don't really know what's gone on. Could you just explain to me? I'd just like to hear what's happened and maybe what, what you'd like to see as the next steps, et cetera. And he's just sort of, you know, he was very calm, but it was quite clear that he was really, really ragged with what had gone on. And anyway, long story short, he was, uh, he wanted compensation uh, for this. Now, neither, you know, I kind of talked him through, you know, where I, you know, what my values were, funny enough, Sue. Um, I shared with him my values in the early part of the conversation. I said I had a daughter his own age, and I wouldn't like what happened to him to have happened to her, and, you know, things like that. And I said, listen, I'm just going to do make some inquiries because the property concerned isn't ours. We need to talk to the owner and find out what happened with this particular repair and what went on. And the owner of the business, you know, was different uh, at the time this happened. So please let me make these inquiries, and I'll come back to you. Took a little bit longer to make the inquiries, um, and he nudged me a couple of times. But anyway, I came back to him. I said, "You know, this is what I found," and you know, I kind of outlined it to your point, Kelly, about being factual and transparent. And um, and then, unfortunately, I can't actually offer you any compensation because um, whilst I know that you're unhappy with the situation, 
by and large, the problem was dealt with. Okay, could have been a bit better in places, but it was dealt with. I'm happy to make this sort of gesture for you, but I just want to reiterate: I'm really, I'm really unhappy about the experience you had. And uh, you know, we we basically, I'd already agreed to cut him loose from his tenancy, for example, and a small token. But long story short, he came back to me. And his words were: I was expecting perhaps a little bit more of a fight, but he came back to me and he said, um, "Do you know what, Richard? I'm happy with this response." Um, you're the first person who's, who's shown me any sympathy for what I've been through. That's all. He said, so I'm just going to move on. I thank you very much for listening to me. Um, and we'll just leave it at that. And I was like, I actually went back to him and I said, fair play to you, you know, because it's so hard to do sometimes just, just let things go. But I respect you and admire you for that. Um, and in fact, if you just send me your uh, address, I'd like to send you a token of my, my thanks, just, just as to say thank you for that. But I wish you well in the future. So that was just a little example. Um, and I don't know if I did it textbook correctly, but, you know, I just was trying to be me. I was just trying to be a human and I was trying to put myself in his shoes. And, and equally, when I went back with bad news, I just told him the bad news. But I did, you know, perhaps, um, how do I word it? Um, I, was, I did show that sympathy or that understanding obvious situation so maybe that that's one difficult situation i don't know what it, if other people have got similar examples they could relate i think also um, not hiding behind emails it's so easy to hide behind messages texts emails um, and actually i've got a property at the moment that we're trying to sell and uh, the tenant is going to have to move out early that that's just it's just the way it is and it's unfortunate but it is the way it is and um, she actually became difficult with um, the, the chaps who were selling the property for us and said, no, I'm not going to let anybody in for the whole time leading up to this. You're not going to be allowed to do any viewings. And I just, this just doesn't sound right. So I just called her, said, you know, okay, so here's the situation. You know, we're dreadfully sorry this has happened. You know, you know that. Um, you know, what, what can we do to make this happen? What can we do to make this happen? And within a couple of minutes, she said, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with that. That's absolutely fine. Of course, you can have people in. And it was exactly as you say, Richard, it was about being human. Um, it was about the fact that actually she wanted to be listened to. She wanted to, to be heard. She wanted her voice heard. And so, so being present with her, and I think that's something else is, is really important in today's day and age, is being present with, with other people in their space. You know, when you're having this communication, when you're building this rapport, it's about you know, really listening to them, really hearing them and being present, giving them the, the, the respect of being in that space with them. It's something very few people do, honestly. Most people... You've learned from coaching, it's listening, listening to the right, listening. Most people listen with an intent to speak. And I have a very good measure of this. If you say to somebody, oh, this guy, Joe, at work really annoys me because he keeps leaving early and he pisses everybody off. And if the per the next thing they'll say is, I used to know Joe. It's like, all I've heard is this, I know, here's my life. And we, we, we've, we've, we've somehow stopped. I think COVID's made it better. Just, just letting that person tell you their story and asking about the story a bit more. And you've both said Richard and Cara and Kelly to an extent there, what you're doing is tuning into the other person and letting them just talk to you about stuff. It's amazing what comes out, isn't it? Yeah. I think everybody at the moment is very, uh, in tune of talking about themselves or, you know, and not actually 
probably where mental health comes in because we say that we're going to listen or I'm always here to talk but the minute you open up and say something like you said uh, Susan you're oh yeah I've been there I've done that I I I I I and before you know it it's not actually getting to any root core of the problem but the minute they believe that they're being listened to just makes things a little bit easier and better and it's amazing what can come out you've all told stories where actually you're really afraid of a situation but if you face it sometimes the complete opposite of what you think is going on is actually going on in that person's mind and it's solved within minutes Mm -hmm. you know when you know what it is they're looking for and what they want and actually hear what they're saying one of the things i was also going to say is um so we're talking about the the other person or we've been talking about the other person a little bit there there's also ourselves, and we talked about feelings, for example, a couple of times. We just brushed on it. Um, and, you know, I'm in, and e, there's ego as well, right? We want to defend perhaps ourselves. We want to protect ourselves in some way. Um, and then we might get riled. We might get angry and annoyed or something if something happens. And, and then we may overreact. We may not, you know, say the right thing, do the right thing in the heat of the moment. And so, you know, I'll, I'll cue you in for your tips, but... Again, something that I've discovered, I guess, over time is to add, you know, two things. If I feel, I I normally feel something myself in my body. If I'm feeling something in my body going on, my heart rate's going or something like that, or I feel a pinch of red in my cheek or something, um, I was like, try and give space or time. Try and give space or time before my next reaction. Um, I haven't always lived my life that way, um, and, it, it, and and you know I, you know I found myself repeating patterns again. Oh, there I go again, right? Um, but I've kind of learned to put the brakes on a little bit and just uh, bring you know space or time. Uh, space means just um, uh, literally physical space, uh, and time means just hang on a minute. I'm I'm even, I'm even going to pause ten seconds, take a few breaths, um, but it could be I'll come back to you later. You know, so there's there's my tip if you like in terms of managing my own emotions in in tricky situations because i think that can happen as well so i don't know if people have got their own life experience that they want to share in that context i think emotions is the key point to all of this you cannot let anything run on emotions and i will tell you a very recent tragic sad story um that happens probably it's about five weeks ago um there was a snapchat group um of teenagers and this snapchat group um they they were talking between them and i think a racist comment was made and girls being girls one said get out of the group you slag um but from that that night that girl took her own life which is absolutely tragic she was 14 um but there were 20 children in this group so take yourself back to your school days where everything you know would stop at the gates all this back and forth it didn't on this occasion because it was on snapchat so my son was actually one of the persons in this group although he'd never said anything and then all over social media it was about how 20 children had bullied this girl to to death pretty much and all their names were released on social media then they were all getting death threats so my son was obviously then getting death threats just for being part of a snapchat group people um obviously having to not go to school so very very 
But me as a mum, absolutely heartbroken for my son as well as the other parents. Um, I decided not to comment on anything other than change my profile to just be kind. And albeit five days later, it turned out that actually there was no bullying at all. It was just comments. So it's about taking that emotion out. That was a big thing for me to kind of deal with at home. But I took the emotion out and concentrated on where is it better and trying to get my son to understand why it's happening and what's happening. So again, it's just emotion and listening to people as to why and not listening to others. Does that make sense? So that was a biggie for me personally. We're all nodding away there, by the mm. way. No one. This is a podcast. <laughs> like, yeah. I think we're all just, thinking and we're yeah. all being present in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. But I just wanted to make sure that <laughs> Kelly wasn't left hanging. No, it's no. It's such a, such a story. Um, but but I, I... What a difficult experience. I agree with uh, what you're saying, Kelly, and, and what you said as well, Richard, re regarding just slowing it down and then take decision and don't just take rational decision that you maybe might regret later. <laughs> just Think about to... others as well. Yeah, exactly. On the positive side, the flip side yeah. to this, um, obviously there's there's times where we need to maybe put ourselves back, count to three, you know, take that breath. And we're acute enough to realize that we are in that moment where this needs to happen. But I think actually what we can we can also do is we can use um, emotion and adrenaline and state, and really the word I want to use is state here, to, um, to I'm trying to think of the word, um, to, you know, for example, if we wanted to go in and, you know, maybe we were going to go into to a difficult conversation and we were nervous about it, then actually maybe what we want to do is put ourselves in a state of confidence, and so you can develop some states that will help you in those situations. So it's like some of the, these, these famous pop stars who have, you know, these alter egos. So when they go on the stage, they're, you know, whoever they are. And, and forgive me for not knowing who these people are. My children will be slightly mortified by not knowing who these people are. But, you know, they go on the stage and they've got alter egos that because that person who goes on the stage has the confidence you know has the 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 rigor has the you know the the whatever it is they're looking for so we can also use state to our benefit to change state to create something within ourselves like confidence for example and a really simple way of doing that, I agree with what you're saying is um what I found with people who've been through nothing like that is just to say Tell me who you admire and how they would deal with this. And just what would they do? You know, it's like, what would Jesus do, isn't it? What would a policeman do? What would your best friend do? What would Richard do? What would Cara do now? And try and do, oh, here's a different way of approaching this thing. Did it Did it work or didn't it work? So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think there's, the other thing I was going to say is I think we all have a kind of, um, what's the right way of putting this? A a way we revert to in extreme conditions. And I absolutely know, and Richard knows, I, I have martyr. I'll go into martyr fast. Like, why did they do that? They're my stepchildren. Why are they being mean to me? It's like, no, no, they're not being mean. They just don't see the world the way you see it today. Your dinner's not as important as it to you. It's like, you chose to make it. You know, you invited them. You know, the, the world's not doing any harm to you. And we've all got this little shadow person that goes, oh, that's how I'm going to deal with this. And it doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try someone else's way. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Good. 
Okay, well, I'm just thinking about um, the time and uh, probably what I want to do now is maybe close in a, in a little minute or two. So what I'm going to do is just perhaps go around the room and just pick up some maybe final thoughts or um, maybe a top tip uh, or something that, you know, just want to contribute that perhaps hasn't already been said, if you have one, um, you know, to, to leave people with a parting thought, you know, in terms of whether it be understanding ourselves and others, whether it be managing others, or whether it be dealing with a difficult situation. So um, just trying to uh, elongate that question so you've got time to think about your answer. And uh, whoever's ready perhaps to join in with that answer um, can speak first. I'll go first if you like, Richard, and I'll finish on that. And that is, whatever the problem is, try and be creative about how you solve the problem. Look at a different way. And we do this in property all the time, don't we? Like, is there a way I haven't thought about yet that would achieve the goals of these people that I really haven't thought about yet? Ask them what they want and see if you can uh, make it happen. And Oh, oh, sorry, go on, Cara. Um, I would say if you're not happy with a situation, a relationship, you know, be choiceful. You can change it. It doesn't have to stay like that. You don't have to live in that space. You can do something about it. Yeah, and from me, it's just um, try and keep emotions out of it and just keep checking in on yourself really sounds good i think for me it would be you know um life short <laughs> so i just picking up I've put a couple of you linked to that sort of theme earlier so we we can choose who we have in our lives to a large extent so life short you know we we can choose to who, who we have around us i think the other thing is um would you appreciate if it ended up in the papers <laughs> so if you think about that would, would you appreciate it i mean obviously the papers might not tell the full version so that is the other side of it but if your actions you know made it onto the papers would you would you be happy with it so if you can live with that then maybe all's good if you if you wouldn't want to live with it maybe maybe don't do what what's you, you're thinking of doing next <laughs> that would be my parting tip so um there we go. Thanks so much, everybody. So I wasn't really sure how that would go. We've gone in a really interesting direction with this conversation. And of course, that's the beauty of having so many different people with different backgrounds and different you know, experiences. So thank you. I really appreciate all of you making the time today. And, um, you know, for, we, uh, we, this is rescheduled. So thanks, everyone, for uh, being flexible in, this, in the rescheduling. I really appreciate that. So that will come out this week. Um, what I normally ask people to do is to, uh, if you'd like your contact details to be shared, perhaps you can let me have them and then uh, pass them on. But equally, if anybody wants to make any website announcements or anything like that or contact details now, you have, you know, you have the opportunity of doing so. Cara, I actually wanted to say something specifically to you um, because you actually asked me earlier today about podcasting, didn't you? I did. Um, actually. So I'm going to make it, I'm going to, I'm just going to open the mic and just say, and maybe you could actually share some news that's coming and maybe I could hold you to account with what you I'd love you to hold me to account. That's always great. I love a bit of accountability. Yeah. So um, I actually uh, pinged Richard a message earlier to say, I'm really excited. I want to start a podcast called Thrive in Midlife. And actually, I was asking Richard for all the top tips about, you know, what to do. And so I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with you, Richard, about that. And I'm really excited about 
having a podcast called Thrive in Midlife. It's really there to show you that it's never too late. It's going to be about interviewing experts, specialists in all areas of midlife with the art of staying younger whilst getting older. And that's it in a nutshell. Sounds good to me. Well, I, all I'd say in terms of podcasting is do as I say, not necessarily as I do. Um, <laughs> uh, so there, there's the first tip. Anybody anybody got any contact information they want to share on air or do you want to take it into the social media posts, etc.? cetera? Uh, yeah. Uh, I have a podcast, obviously, Penga Flood podcast. Rich has been on it. And uh, I'm usually reachable on the Instagram Miracle underline properties underline LTD and yeah, just send the send the message and yeah, nice so, speaking no, speaking with all of you. Yeah, no, girls. no, just come on, uh, no, no. How do you say your podcast again? Because it's a you know, it's it's <laughs> it's not easy sometimes for people who are not Swedish to say that word. So Pena flood. So it's cash flow in Swedish, uh, basically. So I translated it. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Nobody else is coming off mic. No. So in that case, I just want to say thanks again. Um, really appreciate it. Let's see how, how that goes down. But I'm very grateful for you giving time today to talk about this valuable topic. So I wish you all the best. And um, I'm going to probably do a closing, won't I? No. So because it's going to close. So if, uh, if you want to see the show notes, including a transcription, it'll be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. If you want to talk about anything from today's episode or um, be introduced to one of the guests or talk to me about anything to do with property, you can reach me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. And I guess all that remains to be said is thanks very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.